Settling into your posture, being both upright and relaxed. And then continuing with today's instructions. Again, most of what you'll be doing is staying with your primary object. If that's been breath or body or sound, See if you can keep cultivating those five jhana factors, the five jhana factors of ease, contentment, and happiness, plus the, that was the sukha factor, plus the piti of delight and interest, very active curiosity about what's happening moment by moment. Then using vitaka and vichara to hold the breath or hold the body, hold sound so that you're not so easily kicked off, so easily distracted. And see if you can settle in more fully to this one seat, the one seat of the present moment as you flow through time, resting in the exact present moment. And then within the present moment, finding that resting place resting place of breath, body, or sound. And then see if you can use these five jhana factors to meet your experience, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Can you use basic samadhi of collectedness to meet difficult situations like pain in the body, pain in the heart, different emotional patterns, or any pain arising in the mind. See if you can be gathered and unified even as you meet something difficult. See if you you can be gathered and unified when you meet a flow of neutral experiences, experiences that are subtle, experiences that are very familiar. Or if there's a type of subtle boredom because you've all you've done this before, so it's hard to rally to find this fresh intimacy. See if you can be intimate with that state of heart or mind. And see if you can be steady, gathered and unified 
around pleasant experiences if they arise. Sinking more fully without strong preferences for what should be happening. See if you can be gathered and collected at ease and curious with whatever is arising. For many of us on the last day of a retreat, the mind feels very drawn in anticipation of what's to come. Do your best to see that as an experience in the present moment and maybe something to be let go of so that you don't have to abandon the present. And yet if you do get drawn persistently into the future, future thinking, see if you can breathe with it, hold yourself together and face the energy of this future thinking, whether it's joyful or anxious And then when possible, see if you can put it aside again and settle back into something more immediate. Pick up the rhythm of the breath, the sensations in the body, or the flow of sound and silence. and sound again.
if you've mostly been keeping your attention on the breath during this retreat, I'd like to invite you to open your attention to the whole of the body. and get a sense of what it's like to have samadhi, a gathered attention, and the intimacy of all these days, the momentum of the intimacy, to meet the field of your body, the field of sensations. And you might get a sense of the whole of your body, or you might rest it, intimately, say, in your hands or in your lips. Some place where there's not pain. Some place where you can see the subtle sensations, the play of their arising and passing easily. Feel free to rest your attention in one spot or slowly move your attention around or if it feels appropriate, get a sense of your whole body. Whichever allows the most stable, intimate connection with your body sensations.
see if you can find the sukha of contentment, the PT of curiosity and delight, the vitaka and vichara of this steady holding and the ekagata of the one seat. Rest your attention in appreciating this intimate, direct experience of your body. Often a specific location like your lips or face or hands can stabilize that intimacy. Yet at other times you might notice it's hard to focus the attention on such a small area, in which case you can open the attention some to take in more of the body. So explore what stabilizes your attention and helps gather it so that you can feel the sensations in your body most clearly. And often as you stabilize your intimacy with your body, you can see the ever-changing nature of these sensations. The anicca quality is inherent in them. So it's revealed as you can become more intimate with any part of your body or your body as a whole.
And then lastly, as an experiment, I invite you to open your attention to hearing. See if you can rest the flow of your awareness into sounds and silence. Finding contentment and interest in subtle sounds, faraway sounds, silence. Can you hold your attention, sustain your attention in the realm of hearing And can you take the one seat and fully show up to take in sound? And as you increase your intimacy with sound, See if that intimacy reveals the characteristic of an icha. Each sound is made up of many small sounds, each arising and passing. You don't have to force this interpretation. It tends to come out clearly with intimacy. So see if you can gather and rest your attention into hearing.
So what's being offered today is an encouragement to still know a grounding place like your breath or the body or sound. And yet, that's not often a, uh, a functional place to live a whole life from that we do need to take in other senses. And there will be a time when you do need to plan and think of the future. But we wanna train ourselves to have the option of always returning back to the breath, someplace where we can come home to if we've gotten spun out. And if we practice that, the ability to keep returning. And if something's very persistent, how to stabilize our attention on what is persistently grabbing our attention. Yet we can also bring this same combination of mindfulness and samadhi, which to me feels like a very um, balanced, steady intimacy to all of our experience that we can actually bring samadhi to our driving, we can bring samadhi to our eating, we can bring samadhi to how we relate to others. So if you intentionally experiment with bringing your attention to the other sense doors of hearing and seeing, tasting, smelling, even bringing samadhi and mindfulness to the realm of thought and emotion, and you can be more fully present there. It's just that they tend not to be the best basis to gather your attention. Sights often draw us out, thoughts draw us out. And we find that we're spinning a bit out there. So that's good to know how to collect yourself. So we're practicing having that base and still making sure that we, pref- we know how to prefer that base to being pulled out by worries, for example, or thoughts of the future. That's the one skill. And the other is how then to open your awareness to include all aspects of your life and you can be fully present there, whatever you're doing. Can that activity be saturated with your own stability of presence and capacity to be intimate with whatever you're experiencing? That's the other having a home base to return to, and a capacity to expand off of that home base so that you can be present and functional in the complexity of our everyday lives. And then knowing how to pull yourself out of that complexity and regather yourself in a clear uh, resting place like the body or breath or sound. Are there any questions about that or about your practice in general? Hmm. And I don't experience hands as hands or feet as feet. 
But so what I focused on was um, just the contact and the temperature. Yeah. And I mean, is that like the scent intimate enough? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so there's a um, there's a phenomena that happens when our minds actually get quite gathered that you can, um, strangely enough, um, so tune into one aspect of the body, for example, that that one aspect feels almost universal. And so if I were to just focus in on temperature in my body, suddenly my body only, and there, there are moments where I lose contact with the, the earthiness of my body and all it feels like is my skin and the internal is just a play of heat. <clears throat> so it's possible that as you sink in, you're picking up the, the weightiness of the body, which is one of the, everywhere you go, there's a little bit of weight there. If you pick up that one characteristic, suddenly that's all you see. That's all you can kind of pick up through the body is a, a steady weightiness, which in itself doesn't seem to have a lot of fluctuation. It's from the earth element and the body, and the earth element is a very stable element. The fire element and the wind element and the water tend to have more um, obvious anicca within them. So it's just a guess that if your mind is fairly collected, and you were to pick up the weightiness of your body, for example, the, the stuffness of your body, that that's suddenly all you might feel. And so changing elements to temperature or contact or pulsing can um, open up your attention if it's just gotten stuck in that one one frame. So that's just a guess that maybe, maybe fits. Anybody else with questions about their practice or the instruction? Really is a good neck stretch to get such a... Yeah, you're on. So, if after the first jhana, the Vitaka and Vichara are no longer um, part of the jhana, then what role does attention have from that point onward? So the question is, what role does attention have <clears throat> after the first jhana when Vitaka and Vichara um, fall away? And I guess I'd ask you what you mean by attention. Do you mean awareness or uh, awareness, the, um, the attending yeah. of the mind? So um, what, what happens in absorptions is that you have uh, awareness in every moment, but awareness can be tugged by whatever uh, other aspects of the mind find interesting. So if you have awareness and desire, 
desire takes the awareness wherever desire wants to go, or fear comes up, fear takes awareness wherever fear wants to go. And so we're choosing to consciously guide the awareness in every moment to something like the breath. And if we can absorb ourselves consciously, that's using the Vitaka Vichara to hold yourself in a certain place to increase the intimacy and stability with the breath. The second, third, and fourth, and higher jhanas are really fascinating because you don't actually have to guide the awareness so much. Just by the relief of the absorption, the whole mind-body system wants to go in that direction. It also can be tugged by desires and fears and other things. But the sense of relief that happens when the mind knows a resting place, that is uh, a place that um, your whole system wants to go. And so to get into other jhanas, <clears throat> the second on up, you incline your mind in a certain direction by saying, wouldn't it be wonderful if and just by that much suggestion, the mind settles back and the awareness is absorbed. But not you don't have to put your hands on it and fight so much the fears and desires and other, other things. So it takes some familiarity with the first jhana for the mind to know it and the body to know it. And again, it sounds like, oh, this really is worthwhile. And strangely enough, it is more satisfying than chasing all these desires. Because once you chase them and you have them, that slice of pizza doesn't give you as much as the fantasy purports it will give you if you're actually present for it. Yeah, there's flavors. It felt kind of good and I felt tired afterwards. But the hours I spent longing for it, it didn't play out. So as you become more intimate with these things, the, the seductions of fear and desire You can see through them more. And if you become familiar with that first deep relief of the first jhana, which takes coaxing, again, to kind of keep the mind from going off in desire or fear or boredom, you coax it and then you, you familiarize yourself with what it's like to be absorbed. And then you invite, you reflect a little bit, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could rest there, but not have to guard it so much, not have to coax it so much. I wonder if just that, I remember in that first jhana, it was so delightful. It was so uh, refreshing. And just by that much choosing, which is not a big lock-on, not a big push in guiding, just by the mind's um, preference of what it was like to feel that relief, you say, ah, it would be relieving if, and all of a sudden you find yourself floating in the same jhana that you had in the first jhana, but you notice that you're not having to guard it. You're not having to kind of coax it. You're not having to kind of weed out the fears that are nipping at it from the side, all the distractions that there's some type of vibration missing, and it's the vibration of distraction and countering the distraction. The mind says, actually, I want this. You don't have to train me anymore. I actually want this absorption. And so 
the uh, attention sort of uh, falls into the groove of the absorption. But you can feel when you taste it that that delight, which is wonderful, also has a kind of vibration. That vibration of the delight is a type of instability. And so I wonder if I could just relax here versus be delighted. And by the delight and the relief and the um, the well-being that comes, you find yourself then relaxing into the third jhana, and you don't need to coax the mind there. It actually really is happy there for as long as it can. And then other conditions seem to arrive, and the pizza gets more tempting, and the fears come up, and you find yourself unable to float there anymore, and then you're kicked, you're kicked out. But as you get to know the third jhana more, the mind says, let's go there. And I can sit here for 45 minutes waiting for the bell, worried about my taxes, reviewing past hurts by friends and fearing or longing for the things like, okay, I could do that for 45 minutes. Or I could step into this relieving jacuzzi of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> And after a while, the, pretty much all of you goes, I'll take option B. And so it doesn't take as much wrangling to get there. And yet conditions shift, and you find that for some reason, that part of your day, that week of your life, no matter how much you say, oh, can't we have the jacuzzi? Come on. It's just like, no, you really have to face all your resentments. And you're going to go through and just be resentful of everything that's ever happened to you. It's like, really? This is what you want? You want to soak in resentment? Don't you remember how nice it was to not be resentful? It's like, yeah, but so-and-so really pissed me off, and i got to tell so-and-so. It's like, you can't give it up, really. You won't give it up. I won't give it up. They hurt me. I won't. I'm going to be this agitated until they apologize. Even if it takes a thousand years, I will suffer in my resentment until they apologize. And at some point, the fever breaks. And you're like, oh, thank God, what a nightmare. And then the mind's more likely to go into the absorption. And then that whole time, you're actually clearing old resentments. When, they, when you're in conditions like this, when something like a flood of resentment happens, you're actually clearing it. You're actually finding that you're um, freer of that. Thanks for your question. So we've come to the end of this um, sitting session. The only announcement um, I have is to make sure that you all come to the four o'clock sitting so you can come to all the sittings, but we need everybody here for that uh, four o'clock sitting as well for some of the information exchange that happens around the closing of the retreat. But until then, deeply enjoy your presence and explore your senses and then recollect yourself in your breath or body. I don't know if you have any announcements. Or just, uh, just following on uh, Temple already touched on when he was guiding us in the sitting, but just a, just a reminder that um, we're, we're still here, and sometimes, you know, our bodies can be here, and our minds are already, you know, out the gate and driving home. <laughs> and so when that happens, 
this is what's happening. We don't get in a fight. We try to let go around it the best we can. If that's what's happening, it's that, like Temple said, it's still happening here in the present moment. So just we have a lot of practice. You see how much can happen in, in just a few days. There's a lot of practice here. Let's really use the day well.